My name's Lee, and I have Pastor Matt uh, with me today. And we are on this episode going to talk a little bit about Easter. And since this is Holy Week, uh, as we call it, we're going to walk you through the week and talk just briefly about what happened this week on each day. Uh, and then kind of at the end, talk a little bit about what Easter means to you, Matt, and me, and, and why Easter matters to all of us. And uh, so as you're watching, we'd love for you to drop a comment, say hello. If you've got a question, feel free to put it in the comments, and uh, we'll do our best as we're talking to glance at our phones and see that and, you know, try to answer it. Also want to tell you again, it's live. And we've got a little construction going on in the hallway. Yeah, we <laughs> so do. If you hear saws in a minute or hammers, and <laughs> that's what that is. We're, we're building out a, a wall in our green room um, for some video and uh, capabilities and things. So just remember we're live and all the things that come with live uh, are fun. So, you know, our mission here at Heights is to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. And uh, we meet here on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Or you can find us here on Facebook um, as well or our YouTube channel on those times on Sunday. Good Friday's coming at 6.30. Uh, we'll be taking the Lord's Supper on th uh, that time also. So that'll be in person also online as well. Uh, so we'd love to have you out for Good Friday. Uh, so again, say hello in the comments. Drop any questions um, as we get going. And we'll do our, our best to answer them for you. Uh, so, Matt, good to have you again. It's good to be back. You know, one more thing that's going to happen on Good Friday and Easter that I'm excited about. What's that? We're going to have choir. Oh, yeah, that's right. Choir's coming back. We haven't had choir in a long time because of COVID and all of right. that. And so, very excited. Well, it'd be just over a year. Yeah. I mean, you know, last March would have been probably the, the last time choir sang. They would have sang for Rodeo Sunday and... Then I think we had one more week and then, you know, the yep. the world shut down type thing. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So choir back. Good Friday, Easter yep. a morning. Both services on Easter, Both. they'll yep. be they'll be singing. So that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, so hello to those of you that are commenting. Uh, good to see you guys. If you guys have any questions, uh, answer them. So let's walk through the week here. Um, Sunday, Palm Sunday. Jesus comes in Jerusalem. They shout Hosanna. What's Hosanna again? You said it well on Sunday. Hosanna so catch means us God up. save us. Right. Okay. Yeah. And it's really interesting because um, uh, one, of, one of the things that, that we might miss in the, when it comes to talking about, the, about Palm Sunday is the significance of the palm branch. You know, okay. that when we say Hosanna, God save us, you know, we say Hosanna in some of our songs. Right. And we have a theological understanding of this. We're asking God to save us from our sins. Uh, when they're shouting Hosanna, it has a much more political um, connotation because, of course, they're, they're occupied by the Romans. Right. And so the, that, um, those palm branches, that's a symbol of political freedom. I yeah. mean, that would be like waving, like, like waving the um, American flag would be for us. Okay. You know, they were saying, you know, we want, we want these foreign occupiers out of here. Yeah. We're ready to set up King Jesus. Right. You know, we, we're ready for the, the, the they, they didn't see the Messiah as a figure who was going to suffer and die for, for their sins. They saw the Messiah as someone who was going to come and kick Rome out. Right. And that's one of the reasons why later in the week they get so disappointed yeah. when it turns out that Jesus didn't come to do what they were expecting him to do. He was a very different kind of king. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So then that's basically Sunday. 
Monday we have recording in scripture, he clears the temple. So, you know, goes in the temple, sees all the money changing, buying, selling. Um, you know, you've, you've made my house of prayer a den of robbers. And really what that's getting to is a, a lot of time those money changers, people would come because, you know, they're, they're traveling in to uh-huh. Jerusalem for the Passover. And so they might not have been able to bring an animal with them. Um, and so they're they're paying an upcharged price. It's like when you go yeah. to Disneyland and you got to pay fifteen dollars <laughs> for a hot dog. Right. Yeah. yeah. Same concept. S- same concept. Uh, so they you know they get the upcharged price. And you know we would have some who are poor who could barely kind of afford that. So you know Jesus uh, clears out the temple um, Tuesday. You know and, the, and there's a, there's ahead. another little another little piece of that that I've always found very fascinating, which is um, there was a. There, there was like, like, like a, like a racial component to that, mm-hmm. you know, because what, what, in, in one of the versions, I can't remember which gospel it is, but, but the quotation is, um, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. Right. And you've made a den of robbers. Yeah. Now, if you lived local, if right. you lived in Israel, then you had Israeli currency and you could go and you could, you That's know, good. and it would cost you less money. Yeah. If you were from out of town, if you right. were, for, if you were a worshiper, uh, of the Lord from another country yeah. and you had to do the exchange, right. well, then you were getting penalized even more. Yeah. And so there's like, yeah. there, there's also another sort of a, sort of like the importance of people who are coming from far away right. and from who might be, you know, part of a different country or a different culture. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good. Uh, so those of you that are joining us again, hello. And uh, we're kind of just moving through uh, the Holy Week here, talking about each day. We're going to get into some more practical why Easter matters if you got a question, drop it in the comments. We'll we'll answer it for you. So that's uh, uh, Tuesdays where we're at. Sanhedrin challenged Jesus. I have a cheat sheet because there's a lot that happens in a short period of time. <laughs> so, uh, Mary anoints Jesus at Bethany. Judas begins to bargain with the Jewish leaders on the possible betrayal uh, because. What you see in the Gospels up to this point is Judas kind of a, a, a switch flips in his mind of, and you alluded to, wait a minute, this guy may not really be who I think he is in my perception of what I want him to do. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus, you know, Judas makes the deal. Um, Wednesday's a day of silence. We really don't have anything in Scripture on Wednesday of what he did. You know, obviously probably did something, but, you know, none of the gospel writers record that. Uh, So some people think maybe that's just his day of kind of preparation of rest, obviously knowing what's coming. I think it's always important for us to remember that none of this caught Jesus by surprise. He wasn't overpowered. He wasn't tricked. He wasn't, you know, he he knew all this was the plan. Uh, So Thursday, um, we got Passover meal, Garden of Gethsemane, you know, a rest. Yeah, so and the trial actually begins in the middle of the night. Right, so trial begins, and then that brings us in early to Friday. So Friday, you've got all the various trials. He gets passed around, passed around. Um, Annas, Caiaphas, G, or, you know, Peter's denial, Jewish, Judas's suicide. Let's just talk real quick about Pilate. Um, what's the spot Pilate's in come Friday Sun's coming up, you know. It's been a late night already for Pilate. So Pilate is in bad shape. Right. Uh, read a book on Pontius Pilate uh, when I was an undergrad. Um, Pilate has made some big mistakes in his career. Mm-hmm. He is in charge of this little backwater, you know, from a, the Roman perspective, this little backwater uh, province, 
and he's already managed to get himself in trouble with the local religious leaders yeah. multiple times. Right. So he's already like had his second strike. Yeah. Where they've there's been all of this drama and all of these scandals when you know he tried to he tried to build an aqueduct for the temple and that was drama and then the the, the Roman centurions were had the wrong kind of shields. There have been all of these problems and so right. and so Pilate knows one more uh, naughty note, one bad Yelp review to Caesar. Right. All right, and his goose is cooked. He's done. I mean, and so when the religious leaders come to Pilate and say, this guy's a problem, Pilate at first is trying to say, like, what's he done wrong? Right. Like, I don't get it. You know, there's other places in Acts yeah. when, when Paul is getting in trouble with the local authorities and the Jews go to them and say, uh, you know, this guy's talking about Jesus. And, 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 and the, the Roman authorities are like, if this is your own religious problem, you go work it out amongst myself. Right. This is not my problem. Yeah. That's what Pilate's trying to do. Yeah. But Pilate's in trouble. Yeah. Of course, it's Passover. The place is packed. There's people everywhere. Tensions are high. The possibility of there being riots or right. demonstrations in the streets and there being civil unrest is really high because there's so many people in town. Yeah. And the last thing Pilate needs is an angry crowd. Right. And so yeah. he wants to give the people whatever is going to make them happy. Yeah. Even yeah. though he knows, because he's interviewed Jesus, and he knows, like, this guy hasn't done anything wrong. Right, right. Yeah, and then so uh, for those of you just joining us, uh, hello. Feel free to drop a comment uh, saying hi. If you've got a question, uh, let us know. We're walking through Holy Week and then uh, going to talk a little bit uh, here in just a, a moment on the practical implications of why the resurrection uh, matters. So we're on Friday uh, you've had all the trials, Anaphis, you know, Annas, Caiaphas, been to Pilate, goes back to Pilate, you know. Herod. Herod, and, you know. Kinda, that's one of the things Pilate tries to do is he tries to get rid of Jesus right. by saying, this is Herod's it, problem. Yeah, yeah, he keeps trying to pass him off, and he keeps coming back to his doorstep. His wife has the dream, don't do yeah. anything with this guy. Um, so there is that, you know, tension of, if I don't do anything, this mob's going to essentially either revolt, that's another strike on me, I'm out, or it's going to get word up to Caesar, I've acknowledged this guy as king, who now is going to be a rival to Caesar. So Pilate's really got his back up to the wall, has him beaten, mm -hmm. and he thinks, okay, that'll appease the crowd. Uh, and then we get to one of my favorite characters, Barabbas, you know, um, because, you know, here's a, here's a guy who is an insurrectionist, a murderer, and Pilate's thinking, all right, I've had Jesus beaten. Um, you guys have this custom of letting someone go and maybe they'll let Jesus go type thing, you know, like, right. This is his out. This is his out. Yeah. Everybody can save face. We yeah. can deescalate the situation, right. you know? Yeah. yeah. Your mom says hi, by the way, on Facebook. That's awesome. Hi mom. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for always being a faithful watcher. So and my mom hasn't clicked on yet. I'm kind of sad. I'm watching for it. Okay. I might have forgot to tell her, though. So that's on me. Nice. But yeah, so you got Barabbas up there, who's clearly a bad dude. Yeah. I mean, especially <laughs> compared to Jesus. Crowd says Barabbas to go. Um, and I love the picture of what that shows because it really shows us the substitution work of Jesus. Yeah. In that story, we're Barabbas. And Jesus says, I'm going to take everything that was due you on me. So that's, that takes us to the cross. Um, obviously the seven sayings, we won't go through all of those. Do you have a favorite saying on the cross? Do you, I'll just ask that. 
totally did not prep you for that love, question. I kind of love when he looks to John okay. and says, behold your mother. Yeah. Um, on the cross, Jesus has an opportunity to make sure that his, that his earthly family is taken care of. Right. Um, it's good. And I think um, one of the things that that illustrates is the fact that like when we become a part of God's family, yeah. there are family bonds. There are bonds that are even stronger right. than maybe our, you know, may, maybe our biological family. Yeah. You, you know, they, there's a, the, the saying that they say is, um, is, is blood is thicker than water, right. you know, but I almost think that when it comes to the family of God, the family of faith, almost the opposite is true in yeah. that your, your baptism into becoming a part of the church, a part of God's family creates a very special kind of family. Yeah. And so that's for that reason, you know, um, the, the, the gospels tell us that Jesus had other brothers right. who would have been responsible for taking care of mom. Yeah. But it's very important to Jesus that somebody who's going to be a believer and a part of the future church right. yeah. is entrusted with taking care of his mom. Yeah. yeah. So I, that's, to me, that's always been very special. Yeah. Cause we know brothers eventually get saved yeah. and, and become, and become a huge part of the church and become a huge part of the church. But we don't know up to that point if they really are, because the only other time we see brothers appear in the Gospels is one time when they go to get Jesus to bring him home. Right. Like, hey, you're embarrassing the family. You, you got to come home. Yeah, it's time to go thing. find a nice quiet place right. where so, you can stay out of trouble. So we don't really know kind of the brothers where they are at spiritually at that point. But we see that later on. Uh, my, my favorite one is, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I just Absolutely. think man, just, you're getting nailed to the cross. You've been beaten by these people, mocked, spit on. Mm -hmm. And that's the heart of our savior. That's just, that's powerful to me. So obviously uh, dies on the cross on, on Friday, buried Saturday. I know that's a whole nother long <laughs> podcast topic of what probably happened on Saturday. Uh, so let's just skip to Sunday because we've got other things to talk about. Well, one uh, thing I think we should probably address real quick, because um, it can be a little bit confusing because we talk about the third day. Right. And we talk okay. about three this days. Is good. Yeah. And so if you're looking at a calendar, you're saying, wait a second, he died on Friday, yeah. Friday afternoon. Right. Okay. And then Sunday morning, he was rose from exactly. the dead. So how does that math work? Yeah. Like, I think that that's probably a question some people have. So how does that work? How does that math work? Go okay. right ahead. Okay. You're going to know this probably more. So from a, fr from a Jewish perspective, yeah. okay, the new day starts at sundown. Right. Okay. okay. So if he died on Friday before the sun went down, that's the first day. Okay. Saturday is the second, second day. Second day. And at sunrise on Sunday, that's the third day. Yeah. So that's how you get three days out of, you know, because I remember even as a kid, I was like, wait a minute, if, if, if it's three days, right. how could he die on Friday and, and Easter Sunday? That's how you get the three days. That's, yeah, you get so, it, he's, yeah. so he's essentially, he's in the tomb somewhere in the neighborhood of like 48 hours. Right, right. Ish. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah. So Sunday, obviously resurrection. So for those of you that are just joining us again, we're, we just walked through Holy Week. We're going to kind of spend the next probably 10 minutes or so here talking a little bit about why this matters, you know, why it really does. Obviously, I'm going to talk more about that on Sunday. So if you're in our area, I'd love to have you at 9 a.m. or 1030 a.m. in person or join us here online. Uh, we'll be on our Facebook page or YouTube page on that. So uh, Sunday, ladies come, tombs empty. Tombs empty. Uh, praise the Lord. 
But why, why does that matter? I mean, in, in just practical everyday life, I'm a busy parent, I've got a job, raising kids, raising grandkids, got a mortgage. Why? So what? Why, is this, why does this matter that this guy got out of the tomb? The empty tomb is what validates Jesus' message. Right. This was a really good conversation I had um, a, a couple of years ago. I was blessed to get to work on a, um, an off-Broadway show called Godspell. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, there's a version, there's the, in the original version of that play, there's no resurrection. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes when they do the play in church, sometimes they add a resurrection okay. because the resurrection is so important. Right. So I was having a really great conversation with one of the cast members about why does it matter? Well, because if Jesus died and didn't raise from the dead, then he's another good moral teacher. Right. He's another Bible teacher, but he's just another philosopher. Yeah. And he's not really that different than, you know, Confucius or Buddha yeah. or, or, or Muhammad or, you know, or any other, you know, wise teacher or philosopher. Right. What makes Jesus different is the empty tomb. Yeah. Yeah. And to think too, that Jesus was not the first guy to claim to be the Messiah. Yeah, that's true. So it's not like he's the first one who ever showed up in the pages of history. He's like, nope, I'm, I'm it. So all those other guys, though, still in the tomb, he's not. So to your point, that, that validated what Jesus said. I think about 1 Corinthians 15 is one of my favorite chapters of just essentially Paul saying, no resurrection, we're, we're dead in our sins. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a laughing stock. You know, we're, we're to be the most pitied people on the planet because we're putting all our hopes in a guy who said he would come back if he didn't come back. Um, but I love near the end of the chapter where he just really packs it all with hope. First Corinthians 15, 55 through, you know, right there at 58 of where, he, you know, Paul's just almost mocking death. You know, old death, where's your victory? You know, old, old death, where's your sting? You know, the sting of sin is the law, but... Thanks be to God who gives us our victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And then he finishes, therefore, brothers, be immovable, steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing your, your labor is not in vain. And I think about that verse of like, that just changes all of life. Mm-hmm. You know, so as a parent, as a grandparent, somebody working, I've got a mortgage, like I have purpose to live for and reason to live for. So death is an enemy. Right. Sickness is an enemy. Yeah. You know, and that's that, and that's the, the the final enemy, right? You know, to be overcome, and that that was overcome um, when Jesus walked out of the empty tomb because yeah. he lives. I mean, it's like right. the song because yeah. he lives, we can face tomorrow. Yeah, you know, we we look forward um, to the knowledge that we have eternal life, right? Because of what happened. Yeah, yeah, and we have eternal life now. Yes. Like, I think that's what we miss when we think about the resurrection and salvation is eternal life for the Christian doesn't start when you die. Right. We just transition from this life to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? We have eternal life now. And so there's, there's times, um, I remember a, a gentleman, Walter, uh, in a previous church, you know, he was late, late 70s or mid 70s early 70s somewhere in there and just good godly man dying of cancer you know when I saw him those final times in the hospital room the conversations were almost joyful in a lot of ways we laughed we cried we talked 
he knew Christ. He knew where he was going. And there was one time I told him, I said, if you didn't know Jesus, our conversation would be a whole lot different right now. Right. You know, and, and just to think about that, um, because of Christ one day, no more COVID-19 or hospitals mm -hmm. or doctors or nurses or, or shots or masks. <laughs> Some areas that doesn't exist already. <laughs> Whole nother topic. <laughs> I had a, uh, I, I was in a Bible study uh, with a guy um, who went to be with the Lord a couple of years ago. And he used to always just say, I read the end of the book and we win. That's right. Like that yeah. was just his, that was like his tagline. Like every week we'd be, whatever book we were yeah. in, he's like, he would always just like, that. there was just that ever present hope. Right. That regardless of what this life is going to throw at us right now. Yeah. In the end, we win. We win. You know? Yeah. And that, that's that victory. Yeah. That's that victory that we have in Christ. Yeah. Because, and we'll wrap up with this thought, unless there's any questions. If you guys have any questions, drop them in the comments right now. Um, because in 1 Corinthians 15, it talks about Jesus being the first fruits of our resurrection. Mm -hmm. And again, he's not the first one to have a resurrection in the Bible. So when we talk of first fruits, it's not he was the first one to be raised from the dead. We see Old Testament, New Testament that happening, but all those other folks died again, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I'll, again, if I always think about Lazarus. That, that guy had been in heaven for a couple of days. It got called back. <laughs> like, why, God? You know, if Lazarus has got a beef, you know, just a little bit with God. But what separates Jesus from all those is he never died again. So when Paul talks about that being the first fruits of our resurrection, it's that concept of kind of a down payment mm -hmm. of more to come. Yeah. And so my resurrection is linked to Jesus's resurrection, his to mine now. And that, man, that gets me excited. It gives hope in those situations where you feel like there's no hope or no way out. It's just think, no, there's, there is hope. There's hope right now. There's hope for the, hope for the future. So. Any concluding thoughts here? Um, I just, man, the, the fact that Jesus was willing to go to the cross. Yeah. You know, he didn't have to. Right. You know, uh, one of the, the scriptures that just always, always is on my mind is Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. And yeah. this, while we were yet sinners, yeah. Christ died for us. You know, because, right. you know, and we, we've spent a lot of our time to kind of talking about the empty tomb. But, you know, the before before Jesus got to the empty tomb, you know, there was the cross. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jesus goes in the garden and says, you know, Lord, please let this cup pass from me. Yeah. But not my will, but yours be done. Yeah. Um, and he he died for us, not because we deserved it. In right. fact, we did not deserve it. Yeah. And Jesus died for us anyway. Yeah. I mean, what what amazing grace. Right. You know, that that, that God was willing to um, that Jesus was willing to go to the cross, that he was willing to die. He was willing to pay the price um, that we deserved yeah. so that we can have new life right. in him and a yeah. new life that begins right away. That's good. That's awesome. Well, we thank you for watching. Uh, if you've got any questions on anything we said, if you kind of maybe watched the replay and uh, came in late and you want to, uh, you know, go back to the beginning, feel free to message us here at our, our Facebook page or, or drop us an email at heightschurch.org slash connect. Uh, again, we'd love to see you Friday. 
Uh, we've talked a lot about the cross there at the end, so we have a Good Friday service at 6.30 p.m. We'll be partaking of the Lord's Supper also with that. We'll have in person and online. And then Sunday morning, uh, our 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m. service uh, in person and online as well. We'd love to be able to celebrate uh, Easter and Jesus with you no matter where you are. And uh, we just hope you take that step of faith of worshiping him uh, this Easter season. So thanks for doing this live. It's been good. It's been good. I like live as the construction noise happens near us in the saws. I don't know if you guys picked up on that or not, but that's, that's fun. It's always fun to, to do the live part of it. Uh, now we're uh, in next week. We'll just give them a quick preview before we say bye because they're watching right now. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Melchizedek. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to do that next episode. So I recently preached a sermon from Psalm 110 uh, talking about the great uh, king and the great priest. And Melchizedek appears in that psalm. And because, you know, I, I, I don't preach for two hours, <laughs> I have to essentially take a very complex character and boil it down to like three minutes. And so we want to take time to flesh that out a little bit more. So we'd love for you to join us next week on that. Then we're going to be moving into a sermon series on 1 Corinthians after Easter. And we're going to take a lot of your questions that you might have based on that sermon series as we move through some kind of difficult texts coming up uh, in 1 Corinthians. So uh, there will be a way for you to submit those questions. Uh, be, be watching out for that. So until next time we see you, I hope you have a great week where you are. Uh, God bless and thanks for joining us.